I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. It's Wednesday night. You are our patrons, and you are listening exclusively to the Broad Street Hockey Radio Patreon. That could only mean one thing. It's time for yelling about sports. That's right. We have a new home right here on the Patreon exclusively for our paying customers. That's you, our patrons. Welcome to the very first yelling about sports. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. With me, as always, my broadcast partner in crime, Steph Licious D, Steph Driver. How are you tonight, Steph? I am wonderful. So I'm sitting in my kitchen, and we do clapping to sync the the two audio feeds, and Missy Driver is so agitated every time I clap that she's woken up from her spot on the bed and come to stand right next to me in the kitchen. Rowdy left. Very... Oh, well, he didn't want to bother with the noise. Yeah, he was like, what are you doing? I'm sleeping. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Missy is is thinking that there's going to be a party or someone's getting in trouble and she's going to have to take care of it. (laughs) Uh, So we have a a fun show for you tonight. Uh, A lot of the controversies that have been brewing in and around the NFL among the uh, the player protests and people just saying dumbass shit and, you know, the usual with the NFL these days. Uh, and we also have some Eagles talk I want to get into. Maybe Steph is going to want to do some yelling about the hockey team, the Flyers. But I'm going to... like hockey. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to lead off tonight with the biggest story in the world. Steph Driver got verified. Oh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Your face there was like, what is he about to say? I, I, I thought you were going to go with my biggest story in the world, and I got nervous. What is your um, biggest story in the world? The Flyers, the hockey team, uh-huh, the Flyers, okay. have successfully <laughs> bought Bill and I with free food <laughs> and free alcohol, and we now actually like Dave Haxtall. <laughs> no. Thank you. Uh, Steph and I were at an event tonight. It was a uh, for social influencers of the hockey club, the Philadelphia Flyers, of which I guess we are now, uh, being the big-time podcast hosts that we are, Steph. And huh. someone, someone actually came up to Steph tonight and said congratulations on being verified. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like a big deal, and it's things that, I guess it's the thing that I've made a big deal about because, I mean, being verified is is silly. Like, let me just get, like, it's silly. I know that it's silly, but what really agitated me was that there were a lot of writers and a lot of contributors for SB Nation that were getting verified that did nothing or or didn't... <laughs> Well, Name I, names. I, I think that it's, well, <laughs> Colin, um, <laughs> that, that did nothing and, and weren't necessarily associated with the blog anymore, but they at one point had media credentials, so they got verified on Twitter. So it, it, it started to bother me. It, I did it at first as a joke. 
like, oh, well, all of these people are verified. Let me see if they're, they'll verify me. And it was after the first time we were on the 700 level. Um, and it never happened. And I'd been trying, it's, it's been like a year and it was sporadic. And it got to the point where I'm like, all right, you've verified now all of these people who do either the same thing that I do or less. Is it because I'm a woman? And I've, I've gone in hard at Twitter to the point where one of my verification applications <laughs> was just a list of all of the people that they verified except for me that do the same thing that I do. <laughs> Is that the one that got you verified? <laughs> no, it was like I did this one probably in July. And okay. they were very, very, very quick with the rejection that time. Sometimes <laughs> it takes them about a week, week and a half, two weeks. But this one came after like two days. They were like, no, fuck you. <laughs> it's, I applied once, I guess over the summer, and I uh, got a pretty quick rejection on that one. Uh, I think I've decided I don't want the blue check. Okay. Uh, or it's just like one of those things like uh, you're the uh, you're the punk rock band that's never going to get signed because you're never going to sell more than like 2,000 records. And you go, ah, I don't even want to be signed to a major label. Like, bro, you're not going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, well that's. Well, the thing, the thing for me, so not only is it, all right, well, now I get to hang with the boys. Like, it's, I'm still a girl playing in, with the boys club. Um, but also, you know, there is an additional level of security that comes with being verified. They will take harassment and threats more seriously than when you're not. And I am someone that people really, really hate. So I, that's, <laughs> that was really the motivating factor. Like, all right, when I start getting these DMs about people telling me that they know where I live and where I, where I frequent, like, let's have them do something about this. Because, Does that actually happen? Oh, it happens. Not very frequently because people are terrified of me, but it does happen. <laughs> and um, I, can't I imagine, don't like it. I can't imagine anything you say that people would take like so oh, no, personally. It's not- it's not anything that I say. It's just who I am. It, it's the boobs. It's the vagina. They're not, they don't like it. I don't have, I don't have the male sports penis. It does come in handy uh, for knowing all about sports. <laughs> and we're going to get into, we're going to get into the sports penis in just a minute. Uh, but I want to, I want to start off tonight with uh with some eagles talk and i don't want to get into in depth because uh like steph and i always say you can hear eagles talk pretty much anywhere it's the reason we want to do what we're doing with broad street hockey radio is if you want to hear eagles find it anywhere but no please listen to like bleeding green nation because they're the best but that's you know turn on one of the radio stations and it will be eagles talk but uh I just want to say about the Eagles real quick. They are four and run, four and one right now. Uh, the defense looks good even without its best player in Fletcher Cox. Carson Wentz is progressing faster than I expected to, and I'm watching this team. And I know all the reasons why I should have caution in my optimism because I've been watching this team for let's see, I'm 29, so like a hundred years. Uh, <laughs> So I know all the reasons why I should have caution in my optimism. But I look around this league, and I see no great team. The best team in the league right now, the Eagles, had a chance to beat. And they lost the game to the Kansas City Chiefs, but they had an absolute chance to win it. 
I look around this league right now and I think about the Eagles. Why not us? Well, I mean, <laughs> the division's not that strong. Exactly. The division's so... garbage. The entire NFC is garbage. This team could find itself in an NFC championship game without a yeah. ton of struggle. They're easily, <laughs> like, it. it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I'm trying to think of who else could give them a real run for it in the NFC. And I, um... Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. That's it. But, but that's it. And, you know, a lot of really old receivers. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right now, off the top of my head, I don't know. Exactly. That's, that's all I wanted to say about the Eagles is... I just have this feeling of optimism, of partly and because of partly because of what I see in the Eagles, and partly because of what I don't see in everyone else. And I don't see a great team out there right now. I'm sure the Patriots will start looking better at some point. I'm sure the Cowboys will start looking better at some point. But I don't see any of it right now. And when I look at the Eagles, I think they're as good as anybody. Okay. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. I'm just I've spent a lot of time being a Philadelphia sports fan, so I know how this goes. Oh no, when I ask the question why not us, the answer is of course because we are us. That's yeah. that's why. But That's it. Because you're Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, based solely on the teams that I see play every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, I will say the Eagles have a good chance. Uh, Alright, Steph, I got to unleash my feelings uh, about last night's Flyers loss in Nashville on the uh, Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post-game show last night. Yep. Would you like to do some yelling? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, there were a lot of things that went wrong last night. There were a lot of things that went really right last night in, this, in the Flyers uh, game, their last game of the... Um, really the the trip that started the season the four game road trip um but there were a lot of things that went right and it was the clusterfuck in the last what was it five minutes of the game that just destroyed the souls of everybody in the greater philadelphia area now i've got some good news my soul was not destroyed because that died before the season even started when they sent down Oscar Lindblom. When there was just, that was it. The team was dead to me and nothing that happened this season was going to matter because fuck you, Dave Haxtall, and fuck you, Ron Hextall. <laughs> the, uh, the bribe really worked out tonight, Steph. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me tiny wines and I'm already cursing them out. And a Sixers hat. That I'm currently I'm actively wearing, um, and it's gonna. I just realized it's gonna leave a mark on my forehead. Anyway, um, the my biggest my biggest problem today, honestly, was the contingent of people saying that you shouldn't be upset because, or this was the right call because anything that was trying to mitigate feelings and reactions was my biggest issue today like let me be mad if I want to fucking be mad don't tell me not to be mad because then I'm just gonna get extra mad except this time it's coming at you anytime uh, a team scores five consecutive goals 
and has a two goal has a two goal lead in the third period, you can be mad that they lost the game. You can be mad. Anytime Andrew McDonald scores a goal and then your team loses, you get to be mad. Those should you count for mad. those those should count for more than one though. Like you just let Andrew McDonald score on you, Pecorine. Like that's the end of the game. That's catching the golden snitch. Like that's it. <laughs> that's it. Even I got that reference. There you go. I read the first one. I'm proud of you. There's, there's, it's inexcusable. So Andrew McDonald scored a goal. Valtteri Filippola scored two goals. Nolan Patrick, baby boy with the rosy cheeks, scored his first goal of his professional career, assisted by Dale Weiss. There is absolutely no fucking reason they should have lost that game. Travis Konechny, Travis Konechny, who has been working harder than just about anybody on the ice this season, scored a goal last night. Like, there's – who am I forgetting? Is that all – that's all five. That, that was it? the five, yeah. There's no reason for it. And then then you go ahead and you let – in in I don't even remember when the first penalty happened because it was just – it was a tidal wave of just bad, 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 bad. But whenever it was that Dale Weiss was on the ice and took that penalty, which maybe it wouldn't have been a penalty in another situation, but it was last night. It wasn't legal what he did. He he tackled the guy. He He may have been interfered with, but... He still tackled the guy. That was a thing that he did. You don't get to break up a, a pick with... With a headlock. It doesn't matter if you're being interfered with. You don't get to tackle the guy. Right. That's just not how this works. So that happened. And then Andrew McDonald is flailing his stick around like like he's actually drowning. And that's the only thing that's going to save him. Before they even had a chance to blow the play dead on the Wii penalty, Andrew McDonald. That's what killed me is they score the five consecutive goals. They have the two goal lead. Dale Weiss plays a strong game and makes a great play to get that puck out to Nolan Patrick for Patrick's goal. Andrew McDonald scored a friggin' goal and played a decent enough game. Like we've been saying, he's been playing okay. Uh, I I, I don't want him in the lineup, but for him, he's been playing like Nick Lidstrom. Uh, Not all the time, but for this this game, I'll give it On the Andrew McDonald scale, if we are going to weight performance based on what we expect out of somebody, Andrew McDonald has been playing like he's Chris Pronger. I disagree. I disagree, but... Except for the first game. He was absolutely terrible in the first game. Since then, I think he's been playing decently. He's been playing like he belongs in the NHL. I'll say that about Andrew McDonald. And then... And then they get through. It's they're inside three minutes when the Weiss penalty and the McDonald penalties okay, so happen. This is, at the, this is the end of the game. Like you just need to hold on. Yeah, I right? think I think there's like two forty left, and they're holding on to a one goal lead. All they have to do is basically not take a penalty, so they take two, two of them, not just one. We're gonna take two. All you have to do is fucking get these chuckle fucks off the ice and freeze the puck in the corner. For two minutes? Like, you can do that. Pass it back and forth a few times. Like, it is... You could have won this game. You could have won this game against the the Western Conference finalists. Like, you could have done this. But you fucked it up. So then, 
they they kill this was not just a five on three this was well we're gonna pull the goalie and give you a six on three there were some miraculous moments during the 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 first portion of this pk sean couturier hustled his ass off everything that led to him doing die doing a diving poke check to get the puck out of the zone and then he 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 wasn't even up off the ice before he was racing to the bench for a change that was mike richards-esque right there it it was it was phenomenal and and he needs to get credit for that because that is going to be lost and it has been lost in everything else that has happened so they kill off the first penalty dale weiss comes back on the ice Dale Weiss is back on the ice for approximately 10 seconds. In goes the goal. <laughs> In goes the tying goal. And this yeah. was, was it, was it Scott Hartnell? Yes. Or did Scott Hartnell have the winner? I can't remember now. I don't remember. I know. Was, it was Forsberg. I know it was Forsberg and Hartnell, but I don't remember the order. Forsberg. Yeah, I don't remember. It was, it was a, it was just a crazy ending to a game to have that lead uh, and to blow it in the fashion that you did. And then to give up the winner uh, with a extending the five, one, three. So hold on. I'm not done breaking this down yet. I'm not done breaking down the stupid because that's not even the dumb part. That's not even the bad part. And, and the, the, the predators just tied up this game. By the way, there is not enough attention in the National Hockey League and the fan base to the fact that there is a team called the Predators. Predators. There's there's not enough attention on that. Oh, I mean, it's not sexual predators. No, but it could be any type, and it's weird. I, I mean, um, their, their logo is like an animal, so I'm going to guess it's that type of predator. All right, like a carnivore? Yes. The Nashville Carnivores. It's they're not the Nashville Bill Cosby's. Oh my god, <laughs> that's not funny. Oh, it's the Nashville Harvey Weinstein's take the ice. Oh, ooh, I read a thing today. <laughs> anyway, um, topical jokes. So they score. They score the game winner, and Dave Hackstall. Dave Hackstall, who has never had an aggressive moment in his life. Decides this is it. This is the time where I'm gonna I'm gonna be aggressive and I'm gonna challenge that zone entry. I'm gonna challenge the onsidesness of that goal. The way he waved over the ref was so confident. I thought it was gonna get overturned just based on his yes, come here, Mr. <laughs> official. He was just so confident in the way he waved over the official. I thought for sure it was going to be like, yeah, 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 this is it. They're absolutely, this goal's not going to count. But it did. It did. So. And the rule we broke down a couple weeks ago on this show, I believe. Um, if you. It was, it was the other show, I think. Oh, really? I thought we did well, something um, on. This one, you're right. I thought we right. did something on rules about on yelling. I don't remember, we but did. we we talked about it. If you fail on an offsides challenge, now uh, it's a penalty. So the Flyers uh, continued at five on three this time in a tie game, and of course lost it. Uh, Andrew McDonald was on the ice, and by on the ice, I don't mean playing. I mean <laughs> he was he was laying on the ice when like, the winning down. goal was scored. Flop. Yeah, laying down, Flop. chilling, and and the goal was scored over his body. Yes, of course it was. 
like like you know how the saying is over my dead body that's what happened to that's andrew how nash nashville night. won the game over andrew mcdonald's dead body over andrew mcdonald's dead corpse <sighs> and then we had to bring him home <laughs> and then we had to bring him home all right steph uh let's move on to something it happened a little while ago but um We've missed a lot of shit. Yeah, we were off the air for a little bit. Uh, the switch over from Wildfire and then setting up the Patreon. And then the Flyers open their season on a Wednesday. And then everything we've had to do with the launch of the season. It has been crazy, but we are back to you now. And uh, we have to talk about this Cam Newton stuff. We, we've we missed so much garbage around... <laughs> Around the national anthem, around the original Colin Kaepernick protest, like, you don't even have on the outlines the, the penguin, the penguin situation and going to the White House, which we're going to, we'll dig into when we get to Goodell and, and the, that whole thing. Um, are you still here? I just lost your face. I Oh, your face is back. I lost yours too, but I could hear you. Okay. Well, that's yeah. fine. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we missed all of that foolishness so let's let's dig in and we'll start we'll let's start with cam newton because this is probably the shortest bit of craziness that's it leads to other things but uh cam newton uh it, this is crazy it happened like last week but our news cycle is like 35 seconds now it feels like it was a year ago but yeah. we had to comment on it because this is right up our alley and it's cam newton and jesus if it's not just stupid uh so Cam Newton is at his uh he's he's at a press conference and a a reporter who happens to not have a sports penis as, as Steph refers to it no a sports penis a female reporter uh, asks Cam Newton about the uh, routes that the wide receivers are running and Cam who to me appeared stoned <laughs> I I'm not saying oh, maybe. I'm not saying he was. He probably wasn't because I doubt, like, you know, a franchise quarterback would go to a press conference stoned. But he, wow. had the, he had the demeanor of a stoned person. And he laughed and said, a female is asking me about routes? <laughs> and I just... <sighs> Cam, I, I do, I do love you. But Jesus Christ, you gotta not be that stupid. Even if you think it's funny, you gotta like. How do you not have the awareness to know that what you're saying is friggin' stupid? It's really, really dumb. Like it's really dumb. I can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. You froze for a second, but I hear you. Okay, I can't. See, your video hasn't come back, but I can hear oh, you. Weird. Yeah. Um, as long as the audio's there, that's fine. Audio's fine, yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Um, so, like, this is really dumb. This is really dumb, Cam Newton. Really dumb. So not only are you mocking somebody for doing their job and asking you a question, and it wasn't even a really complex question. It was it was a pretty basic question about routes. Um which is also, like, your job, Cam. Like, you're supposed to be able to answer these questions. Um, you're, you're mocking someone for doing their job, but you're mocking them because of what they look like and who they are. And that's just unacceptable. It's just, it just, it's, it's unacceptable, period. 
So Cam goes and does this thing, and, and apparently there was other stuff as well, but I only know what that one video said. And it wasn't, the way that he said it wasn't like, it wasn't innocent. It wasn't, he was joking with her, not laughing at her. Like, it was malicious because of the way that she looks, which is, she looks like a woman. Um, and, and it's and it's part of this toxic masculinity thing that just is all throughout all of the sports that we love. And it's why women have to work four times as hard to be considered credible than a man does just because of what we look like. Um, so there's that. Cam came back and apologized. And the apology was not bad. And I think that that's probably the highest compliment that I can give. He did start it with, if you were offended, I'm sorry. And that's like... That's when I heard the, if I offended you or whatever he he used, I was like, oh no, you really used that line, man? Come on. No. But yeah, uh, I listened to the whole thing. It got a lot better. Yeah. I listened to the whole thing. And like, listen, I'm not naive. In fact, I'm pretty cynical. I think all these things are scripted, uh, you know, PR shows. And as far as those go, uh, this was a good one. I think he did a good job because public apologies are just part of the news cycle now. Guy X says something dumb on Wednesday, and on Thursday he's got to apologize in front of a camera. Like, that's just that's just our way of life now. Yeah, and, and this is... I mean, he, he started it with, if you were offended, <laughs> which is bullshit. But then he did end it with, don't be me, be better than me, and... There, it was, it was, he ended it well. And I can't remember exactly what it was that he said, but it was, it was definitely like, there's, I, I don't have the right, nobody has the right to tell you what you can and can't do. And, and women are not lesser than, or something like that. Um, he did have, he did throw in the, I have two daughters thing too, which is always fun. I know women. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always love that stuff. That's like, I have black friends. I, I love yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is, and it, it it drives me nuts. And I know that there are some people out there who need to feel connected to something to have any type of empathy. That's also disgusting, but whatever. Um, so that's why people are like, well, that's somebody's daughter, and that's somebody's wife. Like, can't it just be a human being? Yeah. Can't, can't, can't we just... Like, this is a human being that you are antagonizing and that you're being cruel to, but this is somebody's not evolved that this far. Is some, this isn't just a person. This is a person related to a man. Think this about- is a person. No, no, no. It's a person <laughs> that belongs to somebody else. Like, that's, well, that's really what it comes down to. Like, if, if, let's say women are at a bar, the only way that you can get another man that's aggressively hitting on you to leave you alone is to say that I have a boyfriend. And even then it doesn't work. But you can't just say that you're not interested because that's not enough. You have to belong to somebody else. That's the whole thing. My whole, my uh, my issue with this whole uh, controversy um, is really, uh, I can't be- I- I get what he said was stupid, and I guess getting the apology out of him was good. Um, and it's it's awesome when our sports heroes are thoughtful and open not and my and open minded and not dismissive of a person uh, doing a job because of their gender. 
But like, I, I feel like this outrage was a little over the top because literally everybody on the planet, but like two other meatheads, immediately condemned Newton, and that's a win to me. Like when everyone is like, "Well, Cam's wrong." All right, well, move on then. Uh, he's an asshole. Who cares what he thinks? He's Cam Newton. He's on this planet because he can throw the ball in the air 60 yards sitting on his ass. Not because he's going to write some dissertation about the role of women in society. Yes, it would be nice if he was a little smarter, but I just don't think he is. And uh, that Rosie... Well, that's, that's the problem. The problem is that is that he is a role model. So if this is what he's saying, there are kids who are listening to him and being like, yeah, you're right. Women should not be talking about sports because they don't have a penis. It, it, it just, it, it evolves. So, and the other problem was that I liked Cam Newton before this. <laughs> like, I liked him. And now, even though you apologized, I don't like you anymore because... I don't believe that you believe what you're saying. Did you uh, I accept your apology, but I don't have to like you. How did you feel about him wearing the uh, Rosie the Riveter pin on Sunday? Oh, God. Tell me that's not the most condescending bullshit of all time. No, I just think it's like, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. No, like, that's... let it die. Yes. Let, let the story let die. It, like, stop. I, I, I just, I, like, it, I don't know. It, I, that to me was more of oh I I know of this woman who was a symbol in World War Two and kept and like kept digging I don't know I, the whole time he was explaining it I just felt like uh, bro but we talked about it yeah I see that he talked about yeah it. he just kept bringing up the Rosie the Riveter thing and the symbolism it meant for him to wear it and I just wanted to be like dude you just you keep making yourself sound dumber but. Yeah. Uh, that's, I want to know why, like, I don't know. He ju He's just a guy who doesn't seem all that bright, and we shouldn't be taking our social cues from a meathead in a locker room. And I know that... Uh, oh, your video came back. I know that athletes are uh, role models, and, like, when you get an athlete who does have something good to say, it's awesome. But I think for the most part, they're not all that bright. Uh, and it's the same yeah. with it's the same with Mike Ditka, and that's what we're going to move on to next uh, in terms of these uh, move towards the anthem protest stuff. Uh, Mike Ditka has been critical of the anthem protests and said there hasn't been oppression in a hundred years. Well, Mike Ditka, <laughs> things must be really, really comfortable and really cozy and bright. In your padded cell, because <laughs> I cannot. Who would say that? Who says that? Oh, a rich white man. Yeah, uh, an old, a crusty, a, a crusty old white dude is who would say it. But that, that, but that's the thing is, you know what would be shocking? You know what would Please be shocking if Coach Ditka had a progressive view on anything, like. Yeah. Unless it's Progresso Soup, I bet you he doesn't have a progressive view on a damn... Like, he's a hundred-year-old... He is a Campbell Soup man. Come the fuck on. He is a hundred-year-old football coach. He played when they wore leather helmets. And, like, he's not on ESPN anymore, thank God. But if you'd seen him on the ESPN Sunday morning pregame show in the last couple of years, the guy's losing it. He's got dementia or something adjacent. Uh, CTE? <laughs> he, he probably he he's 
barely with it. Like, there's like, oh, Mike Ditka said something stupid. What the hell do you expect? It's Mike Ditka. He was the coach yeah. of the Bears in 85. And he was old then. I'm really, yeah, that's my thing is I'm ageist. I'm, I'm an ageist. But, like, I yeah. use that as an excuse. I'm like, ah, they're old. What do you want? Like, I, yeah, I hate old people. But, like, of course. That's why I hate them. Because what, what good are they? Well, <laughs> perspective, for one. They've already they lost their perspective. Good one. Well, no, not always, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, in this in this instance, the perspective is bad because this guy has been living in a fucking bubble for the past 80 years. 100 years. <laughs> That's so great. Like, why, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Because he thinks you should stand for the national anthem, damn it. And that flag means everything to everybody. Forget, you know, what it represents and the whole, you know, all men are created equal thing and all the protections of the Constitution that we love that it represents. No, all it means is USA, USA, and that's all it stands for. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, the f- life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but only for some people, not for everyone. Oh my! I had a friend in high school. Uh, what the hell is the Pledge of Allegiance? And liberty and justice for all. During the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, he would sit there and sit at the end where they say liberty and justice for all. He would say, "Only if you're rich." <laughs> well, he's not wrong. Uh, this is coming from the suburbs. Yeah, no, this was a this was a dude who grew up in the suburbs next to me. Just like uh, you know, he listened he listened to leftover crack and no effects, so he knew what was up. Uh, oh right, I don't know those things. No, I I, I don't expect you to, Steph. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Speaking, you were more into the I mean, oh four oh five. What were you listening to, Christina Aguilera at this time? Yeah, goddamn right I was. Britney Spears. All right. Uh, speaking of crust, <laughs> you you've got nothing. I got nothing. I was gonna name someone else, and I couldn't think of anyone else. I was like okay. uh, Jessica Simpson. She made music. Yeah. I thought she just like made Pizza Hut commercials and did that. Uh, did that? Did that? Uh, show with the dude from Ninety Eight Degrees. Well, how do you think they met? They were both singers. Oh, I don't know. I just figured he'd like put an ad in the paper for Big Boob Blonde. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Getting back to uh, crusty old white dudes who want everyone to stand for the anthem. Roger Goodell. Roger. Our old pal Roger. Oh, my Um, God. I hate... Because when we get into Roger Goodell, and I'm like, oh, I hate him so much. Gary Bettman is just as fucking stupid. <laughs> They're all so bad and dumb, except for Adam Silver. Just give him the keys to all of the sports, and that's going to be his job for the rest of forever. Because these guys suck. Uh, Goodell has... Uh, I, I My thing with Roger is, um, I think he does his job in that he does what the owners want him to do. Like, him sending out this memo saying, the controversy over the anthem is a barrier to having honest conversations and making real progress on the underlying issues. We need to move past this controversy, and we want to do that together with our players. 
to me, that's him falling on the sword for the owners. The owners are like, yo, we really want this to stop. You should do something about it. And he works for the owners. So, like, I listen, I don't want to stick up for Roger Goodell. But a lot of the time, I just think it's his job to fall on the sword for the owners. Because if you look at the way the NFL is structured, all they do is screw over players. That's, mm-hmm. that's the whole structure of the league. So, I just think this is another, this is another part of it. Yeah, um, I don't disagree with you. I think that, so what we what we really need to rewind to, and this is going back a couple weeks, we need to rewind to how this got so fucking convoluted in the first place. And, and it was because of, of Trump. Who? Like, that's Donald Trump. Who? Yeah. Never heard of him. Yeah, that, that guy. Um. That's how that's how this got so twisted because it was a deliberate it, it was a deliberate um, manipulation. I, I don't know if I have another word for it. It was a deliberate manipulation of the point of the protest, the the stance that Colin Kaepernick and I mean I can't even say you, you, I know that this started with Colin Kaepernick. And I know that it's it's being attributed to him, but he's not in the league anymore. Like, this isn't still his protest. Like, this, this is not... You can get as mad about Colin Kaepernick, the human being, as you want, but this is not his anymore. He may still be bearing the torch, but he's not actively protesting because he's not actively playing. So, anyway, um, he... This came down to the Golden State Warriors said that they weren't going to go to the White House after they they won. And he came out and called them all sons of bitches and said that they were uninvited. Like, this is the, <laughs> this is the I'm not fired, I quit type of thing. Oh, that's 100% what it is. Um, like, fuck you. They already said they weren't coming. You can't rescind your invitation once you've got a decline. Like, you, that's not how this works. I think, I think... Uh, LeBron James tweeting you bum to the president of the United States is the all-time highlight of of, of Twitter. Uh, LeBron James talking to the president of the United States like he's some guy on like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, you bum. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, that started this. Um, called, called the players sons of bitches and then called for the NFL to fire or suspend anybody who does not stand for the national anthem, which, which is illegal. It is very illegal. And I don't care where you stand on the, the patriotism scale. I don't care. I don't care if you want to stand for the national anthem. I don't care if you want to sit. I don't care if you want to kneel. The fact that somebody is telling you that you have to stand and you have to honor your country is fascism. Like, that's period. Like, you have to have loyalty to the state. Like, that's North Korea bullshit. Like, stop it. It is already weird enough that they play the anthem before games. Yeah, I've had to do that. Anywhere else. I've had a real problem with that for a long time. I've just thought it is so strange that we do this, like, I, I, I don't I don't even know what to, like, 
It's weird. It's I just find it so strange. I I've never under I've never understood it and this this protest and everything that's happened since Colin Kaepernick uh basically started this last season has exacerbated my thought of uh, why do we even do this? I because we live in a um uh uh, uh Jesus a government government state. That's that's not the word that I was looking for, the term that I was looking for, but that's what I'm going with. Um, because because war and USA and, and that's about it. A, a military state, that's what I meant to say. Um, so it's already weird enough. Like if you go if you go to England and you've got two local soccer clubs playing a match, you know what you're not hearing? God save the Queen. Oh really? Because they don't no, it is only in America where they do this. Are you kidding me? They'll, no, they'll play. They'll play the anthem if it's like the the English, the UK national team versus the Australian national team. If it's national teams competing, then they'll play the anthems. Obviously, the Olympics. But if it's just two teams from the same country, they're not playing it. It's only in America that this happens. That's nuts. Yeah, like th- oh god, uh, this is this is what we are, like we're we're just so used to it that it doesn't seem as weird as it is elsewhere. Like like people are are really weirded out that this happens. Like you have to stand every time you go to a game. That's weird. <laughs> um, where am I going with this? I, there was a whole thing. Um, oh, so then he said. You should fine or suspend or fire cut players that don't stand. So this set set about a whole new wave of backlash, and it and then it became because Trump had already manipulated it into, into disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the military and disrespecting the anthem. When that's not what it was about, it was never about that in the first place. But but you are are doing intentional, blatant manipulation to get people who aren't paying attention on your side. And and there are a lot of people who were not paying attention. So now it's this whole thing where it's about the anthem, but then you went and called players sons of bitches and you called for them to be fired. So it was this whole wave of backlash and it was a really interesting week in the NFL where you had many 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 more players doing demonstrations you had whole teams doing demonstrations you had the the Pittsburgh Steelers stayed in the locker room during the national anthem which by the way all NFL teams did until 2009 so this whole thing is fucking brand new anyway until the military started paying the NFL yeah that's the one um and then you had, you know, the display by Jerry Jones where they're going to kneel before the anthem and then they're going to stand. And then, like, like, it just became this whole spectacle that was so far, so, so, you like, you could not get further from the point than, than what happened that weekend. No, like, and, if you turned on ESPN to, like, say you put on NFL Live, you know, a show about football... It was like four or five bullet points deep before you even got to the actual action between the lines during the 60 minutes the clock is running. 
Yeah, and I was listening to um, another hockey podcast this morning. I'm actually a couple weeks behind. Uh, Puck Soup with Dave Lozo and uh, Greg Wyshynski. Um, and they were talking about this in, in the Penguins' direction, which I'm going to go next. And, and they made a great point. Like, we don't want to talk about this. Like, you, you say stick to sports, and, w- Bill, whatever you're doing over there, you need to stop nope. because it's going right into my ears. <laughs> um, like, we don't want to be talking about this. You say stick to sports, and we can't because it's infiltrating sports, and it has ever since they started doing all of these military-related things. But this is not what I wake up in the morning wanting to talk about. I don't want to talk about how Jerry Jones kneeled with the entire team of the Cowboys and for, for a photo op. Like, I don't want to talk about this, but we have to. Like, this is what's going on. So, on the same day that all of these demonstrations are happening, the motherfucking Penguins, the motherfucking Pittsburgh Penguins... Mayonnaise loving, mayonnaise loving shit stains on the, the on society, come out and say we will be attending the ceremony at the White House. Yeah, the timing of it, more than anything, the same fucking day that all of this is happening, where everybody is releasing statements saying we stand with our players, we we support. Uh, the the peaceful protest and, and equality for everyone and the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins come out and say, well, we don't. <laughs> Not us. I just, I have a couple of questions about where all this, uh, all this, um, all the protest stuff is leading. And believe me, I'm as, I am as liberal as it gets and I support all of this. But I also, uh, I just... I know that, say, if I worked for uh, any any sort of corporation, any sort of uh, you know professional environment, uh, and I, as Bill Matz, started tweeting out all of these all of my political views, they would ask me to stop, and if I did not, I would be fired. Right? Yes and no. It would depend on it would depend on a few things, mostly what career. Um, it, it, it would depend on a few things. So your, your social media presence is yours. Um, but you would have to explicitly say that you do not represent the views of the company. That doesn't mean that they can't fire you. Um, you know, this, this whole freedom of speech thing will never the whole freedom of speech thing. I'm just kind of blow that off. Like it's nothing. No, just like the president. Right. Well, that. It will never stop you from getting fired, but it will stop the government from creating a law that says you'll get fired or whatever. Um, Which, by the way, the president saying that these people should get fired for anything is in direct violation of the First Amendment. My question is really, do you have, like... Is it out of bounds for an employer to ask an employee not to make political stands at work? No. No. It's, it's a gray area. Um, and I think that it's especially a gray area in this instance because it's 
technically the anthem is before they go to work. Like they're 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 in uniform and they're at the facility, but they're not clocked in yet. Yeah. They're not playing yet. So it, it's not it's it's not. But your employer also cannot fire you for a protest. And I have to go back and check exactly the wording of the law around that. But if you either attend a protest or are protesting, they can't fire you. Which is why when all of like the teachers go on strike, they have their jobs when they go back because you can't get fired while you're protesting. All right. Does and that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my next question is... Uh, and. Again, I fully support uh, the protest, the point of the protest, and the right to protest, and all of that. But when Goodell puts in this memo, we need to move past this controversy, and when we want to do that together with our players. Uh, not that it's right that this has happened, but like Steph broke down, it's constantly, oh, they're protesting the anthem, they're un-American, and every second... We spend trying to explain, no, they're not protesting the anthem, they're protesting during the anthem, and then the other side yells back with their fingers in the air, the troops! You know, oh uh, the, every second we spend having that argument is a second not having a conversation about the systemic injustice of our legal system. So I kind of, I'm, it's one of those things where I am torn. Um, yeah. I want to see the protests continue because I believe what they are about, and I hate the idea that it's been able to be uh, co-opted by the other side because they want to do everything to show that liberals aren't patriots, basically. That's what it all comes down to. They well, you, you know what's also getting lost here is that it started with Colin Kaepernick minding his own damn business, sitting on the bench during the anthem. Um, when somebody noticed him, and he had already been doing this for a couple weeks, but when somebody noticed him and it became the thing that it became, um, he met with various members of law enforcement and the military, and there was someone in the military that said, you know, it would sit a lot better with us. Like, we, we support your right to do this, and we support you, but it would sit better with us if you would kneel instead of sit. And that's why it became... Kaepernick taking a knee because he said, you know what, you're right. Like, whatever, if, if this is more respectful, I will do that. I, Sorry, I'm, I needed to get that in. Yeah, and I wanted to add something to that. I just can't remember. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Eric Reed, the safety who joined uh, Colin Kaepernick in the protest. Uh, the, the Niners teammate who initially joined Kaepernick in the taking a knee. He came out recently and said, um, when we decided, okay, we're going to kneel instead of sit... It was also supposed to be symbolic of um, flying the flag at half-mass after, you know, a, a death or a tragedy of some kind. It was supposed to have that sort of symbolism as well. So, again, not anti-America, not anti-police, not anti-military, not being un-American, not being unpatriotic, saying, hey, if we're the best, let's make it the best for everybody. You know, that's that's what Imagine it all... Imagine <laughs> that! That's what I, I, I hate. That's the other part, is um, the people who are so against it wear hats that say, make America great again. Like, mm. oh yeah, clearly this place sucks and we need to make it better. Like, mm. 
how's that not how's that not unpatriotic? You saying make it great again as if it hasn't been always. Oh well, well you see that's them. Oh right, right, right. And this is us or something. Yeah, you know, flip it the other way around. Yeah, of course. So that it uh-huh. makes sense. Yeah, I want to get now to this. Uh, <laughs> I want to get now to this Eminem freestyle that uh, dropped this video that dropped at the BET Hip Hop Awards. If you haven't seen it. And you are a fan of uh, Eminem, or uh, just really want to see some some really great uh, battle rapping? It's it's absolutely outstanding. But I uh, haven't seen it yet, uh, so you, I'm a little disappointed. I, I'll text it to you when we're done. It's really really good. Okay. Uh, it's it's I'll I'll always be a fan of Eminem. Um, he he's got a command over the English language like few others in any medium. Yeah, I am. Um, so I. From time to time, we'll go into, I need to listen to old school rap. And for me, old school rap is, you know, late 90s, 1999. early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, early 2000s. But like, you know, when I was in middle school, like, let's, you know, whatever was going on then. Yeah. All, all of the, before we were recording, Bill and I went through a list of, of old rappers that are just not doing anything right now. Um. So all of them, I'll, yeah. I'll go through. I'll go through a stage, and I rediscovered um, what's oh, the way I am, mm-hmm. and I'm in love with that song all over again. <laughs> like uh, I'll always be a fan of Eminem, but I will say I was kind of uh, another thing. I was like, eh, when this came out, about I loved it. I, like I honestly loved it and thought it was great, but. This is the guy who has made songs about killing his wife and assaulting his mom and uses homophobic slurs nonstop and generally defies all the moral high grounds uh, liberals like to take these days. And honestly, by comparison, Slim's lyrics make Trump's grab him by the pussy seem kind of tame. Oh, boy. And no, 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 there's oh, no, boy. but my, Steph, my thing is there's no place for nuance when arguing with certain people, so saying that M is an artist portraying a certain culture or, or lifestyle is just going to be countered with, yeah, okay, hypocrite. So when we want to take the moral high ground on these things, we have to remember that while we want to say Donald Trump is a disgrace. The guy who came out with this awesome freestyle against him also isn't, like, the most upstanding citizen. All right, that's fair. That's all. Again, I loved it. That's fair. I'm just saying, when someone comes at you with, oh, you're going to call Trump disgusting, you hypocrite? Okay, yeah, you kind of got me there. Yeah, well... Granted, I'm not going to... Trump is a rapist, and... Granted, I'm not going to vote for Eminem for President of the United States anytime soon. There's a difference. (laughs) There's a slight difference there. As much as I really enjoy his music, uh, I'm not going to go to the ballot box and punch his name. Unless the other side is uh, Kid Rock, in which case I'll be left with no choice, I guess. Which may be a thing. Jesus Christ. We live in the dumbest... (laughs) Time, like the dumbest time. Imagine what the fuck. I was just like thinking, uh, what was? Oh, I was watching it the other day. I'm I'm at the movie theater watching it, and it's set in the '80s. So there's like you know no internet or anything. 
So the kids are going to the library to look up information, and they're finding out all this shit that, honestly, if I didn't have Google, I wouldn't know where to begin. Um, I remember going to the library for, like, research papers, and that shit sucked. But it just made me think, like, in a time where we have all of the world's information, all of it, everything we have discovered to this point in the history of mankind at our fingertips... We have gotten here. How is that possible? How? How? I don't. I don't understand. I, I. Oh my god! I wish I understood, but really, it just. We live in the dumbest time, <laughs> with the dumbest groups of people, all trying to fight it out to be more dumb than the others. <laughs> And I'm going to close with maybe the dumbest group of them all, Steph. Oh, more dumb. Soccer fans. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You soccer no. hipsters. You soccer hipsters can enjoy your soccer. Um, but I just... I can't understand why anyone is surprised that the United States men's national team is a constant disappointment. Why is there surprise? Our best... Well, they're supposed to... They're supposed to be good. Why? Be- because they were good at one point, and they had talent. Were they? That's the rumor. That's the rumor. I mean, the women's team is very good. The women's team is excellent, because a lot of our top female athletes in this country play soccer. If LeBron and Mike Trout and Johnny Goudreau and Antonio Brown all played soccer... We would probably dominate, but that's just not the way things are here. It's way down on the scale. It's below football and basketball. Yeah, it's below hockey. Oh, youth participation maybe may be on the same level. Uh, youth participation maybe not below hockey, no, but youth, like youth participation's definitely higher. But, like, high-end? Like, how many Americans could go to, like, the English Premier League and compete in the real leagues compared to, like, some of the best players in the world are American? Granted, some of the best hockey players, like, proportionally, it's crazy that, like, there's the same number of superstars who are Swedish and American. But, outside of Canada, we should be better at hockey, too, but we, like, compete. Yeah, we have Austin Matthews. We just won the World Juniors, exactly. Austin Matthews is from friggin' Arizona, where there isn't ice. No, he made his own ice. Yeah, Sean Couturier, no ice. Well, he grew up in, you know. Yeah, yeah, but he was born in Arizona. Uh, Shane Gostisbehere, Florida! Florida. (laughs) Yeah, these are people who should not be playing hockey. The only thing they they are, and they're ours! Exactly, and I just, like, uh, we have the better high-end hockey players here, and, like, sure, we're... Oh, oh, the U.S., I understand. Yes, yes. Uh, I guess in baseball, the U.S. has kind of been overtaken, but still a great number of the players are very good, are American. Uh, Soccer just isn't the case, and I just... Is it just the nationalism? We want to be good at everything? Like, I just don't care at all about soccer. Well, you want to know what it is, and and I'm just going to tie this whole night together. (laughs) Sports are a representation of war, and the United States wins wars. So the United States thinks it has to win sports. 
Yeah, that that's the thing is I heard someone talking about uh, the Olympics today. I think it was on ESPN on one of their radio shows, and they were like some of the older, not older, older, but like thirty-five to forty-ish uh, guys. I was I was wondering how badly you were going to offend me, but you're fine. <laughs> no, like guys like in and around their forties, I would say, like late thirties, early forties. We're talking about how they still love. Uh, just seeing the medal count, being like, when we win the Olympics and it's like no one's even close at the end, that's awesome for me. And then their producer is a millennial and they just throw it to him. They're like, you don't even feel that way, do you? We know right away that this isn't how you feel about this stuff. He goes, yeah, no, I don't care at all about medal count. That seems like Cold War stuff to me. Like, it doesn't matter at all. It's just like, yeah, we're not, who, we're beating these countries at things like I don't care who the best track and field athletes are. Like, yeah, when we just wanted to be better than Russia, when we just wanted something to shove up Russia's ass, it was great to be like, "How's this gold medal taste?" But like, oh, you guys, I fucking hate all of I just, you. The I, Olympics have existed for longer than Russia has been a country. The Olympics have existed for longer than the United States has been a country. I You're get all it. fucking broken. I get You're it. Broken. I, just, I think. It's just like antiquated. You play the anthem during the Olympics when your team or your individual wins a gold medal. That's when you play the fucking anthem. I just believe in. Oh, a, you're broken. I just believe in a borderless society, Steph. I don't have a country. Oh. I'm a citizen of the world. You don't even have a passport. <laughs> I don't believe I need one. <laughs> in my world, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, the world. Oh, my God. Ah, and that is all the time we have for you on Yelling About Sports. Uh, thank you so much to all of our uh, just absolutely awesome patrons. We're getting more and more subscribers every day. Please spread the word that if you are trying to hear Yelling About Sports, you can only hear it on the Broad Street Hockey Radio Patreon account. Uh, it's been great, this launch. We're only about, like, what, a week in, Steph? Two, I think. Ah, close to we launched before the season started. Right, right, right. Week. Season started last Wednesday, so it makes sense for more than that. Yeah, it, it's been a whirlwind of a, yeah. of a start of the season. It has been, and we just want to thank all of you for subscribing. Uh, we're going to pump out content as much all as we use as much as we possibly can. We're going to be pumping out content for you guys. Uh, so until next time, have a great week, Philly. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.